And the question was this, what would you be willing to do for $10 million? I want you to think about that a minute. What would you be willing to do for $10 million? We've asked that at Rivard, you know, and at Rivard years ago we asked that, and I think one pod was like, well, we wouldn't kill, to kill a child under 10 or something like that for the money at six and, uh, and all. But two-thirds of the people that were surveyed said they would do one of the following. And uh, some said they'd do more than one of the following. So let me just go through those, and you'd be shocked with me. So uh, they said that at least two-thirds, 25% said they would abandon their entire family. They'd abandon their family. I mean, I guess that's on top of the 50% that have done that already. I don't know, you know. But uh, as you look around, 25% said they would abandon their church. This is all pre-COVID. Remember this, all right. So some people are still comfortable in their pajamas. 23% said they would become prostitutes for a week or more. I mean, just think about that. 23% for $10 million said they'd become prostitutes for a week or more. 16% said they'd give up their American citizenship. 16% 16% said they would leave their spouses. I guess that's on top of the 50% that already do, you know. Um, 10% said they'd withhold their testimony and let a murderer go free. And, uh, and, and, and uh, 7% said they would kill a stranger for $10 million. Is that crazy? I mean, makes you kind of wonder as you're walking around. Is that one of the 7%? 3% said they'd put their children up for adoption. That's on top of the 25% of y'all that think that every day. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm looking at uh, Pastor Juan Gonzalez over here. He's thought that many times, right, <laughs> when they were younger. <laughs> Some of y'all are saying, I'll pay somebody to take them. <laughs> All right. Well, why would people do something like what this survey showed? And, uh, and, and let me tell you, I, I mean, there's probably all kinds of reasons. I think, number one, the person obviously has no fear or love for God. You can't love God and do any of those on that list. You can't have a fear of God with, and do any of those on those lists. I think that would be one reason. Greed, obviously, is a reason. But I think there's another reason, and I think it's a, a big reason, and it's there's a lack of integrity in our culture. There's a lack of integrity in our culture. And we're going to talk about uh, being men of integrity, but I think women, I think we need men and women, teens, children of integrity, but since it's Father's Day, we'll say men, you know, and, uh, but we need integrity in our culture. Uh, unfortunately, uh, there's just a big lack of it, right, and that's kind of the giant, as we're talking about facing your giants, that is a giant that we will face, is do I have integrity, do I walk integrity every single day, or do I not, and so we're going to look at that, and uh, years ago, Newsweek ran an article called When Teachers Are Cheaters. When Teachers Are Cheaters. And, and what they found out was that many teachers around the country were encouraging students, even helping them to cheat so the test scores would be higher. Why would they do that? Because they'd get raises and bonuses if the test scores were higher. And, in some, and there was a while where the test scores were so important that you might lose, and many did lose their jobs because their students... Test scores didn't go up every year. I, I knew principals that would, would uh, worry because they were at a high level. And, and even if you're like number one or number two in the school system, if you drop, you may not be the principal next year because it, everything was so competitive. And, and so that they did that, and, and so many thought they would lose their jobs. They lacked integrity. 
And, uh, and, and let me tell you, it's sad today, I think, that integrity, people with integrity are so uh, lacking that when somebody does see somebody do something that's a, an act of integrity, it's like a rare sighting, you know I mean? It's like seeing Drew Brees walking down the street, you know, or, or, or something like that. It's, it's a surprise. It's a shock. It makes the news, you know, and, and, and really that ought to be an everyday thing, people walking with integrity, doing things that help people and, and all that. How many of you remember a guy named Tom Landry? He was, he was the coach of the Cowboys. He was a out, very outspoken Christian. And he's, he was the coach of the Cowboys when they became America's team. That was while the Saints were 0-16 and 0-15 and, and all those years, okay? And uh, unfortunately, he also beat us many times over here. But uh, he passed away in February 2020. But he was, uh, he, was, he was one of those rare settings, sightings because his legacy is more than just being the NFL's, one of the NFL's winning ex-coaches. Uh, it's, it's more than his Super Bowl victories. Uh, you know, he, he was a man had his priorities in order. It was God, family, football, you know, and it was always, football was never first for him. And, uh, and so, uh, matter of fact, somebody wrote this about him. It said, Tom Landry provided significant leadership through a strength of character and faith with his priorities intact. He knew that football was just a game, that integrity mattered, on the field and off of the field. And so Tom Landry, he had it together. Former Drew, Cowboy Drew Pearson, some of y'all may not know him. I remember when he played, said this, Landry was a teacher, but he taught a lot more than football. Man, do we need more of that, right? We need, we need some guys that will wear that, brave enough to wear that plaid coat and that hat he wore, you know. But, um, but that's just the thing. There have been a lot of great football coaches. But being a great football coach is not why USA Today when Landry died, USA Today said Landry's death leaves a Texas-sized legacy. His legacy wasn't just about football. His legacy was that he was a godly man who instilled godly values in his players uh, his whole career. So what is integrity? What's integrity? Well, Merriam-Webster's dictionary said it's incorruptibility, soundness, and or completeness. So you can write those down. That's a, that's a long thing to write down. But uh, today on Father's Day, I want to tell you, we need more men who are incorruptible, sound, and complete, who walk with integrity. So I want to go through those real quick with you. And uh, so integrity means incorruptibility. Write that down, incorruptibility. We're going to look at several scriptures here. Proverbs 10, 9 said, people with integrity walk safely. What does that mean? If you're, if you're walking with integrity... You're not being blown around by the wind. You're, you're walking on solid ground. You don't have to worry. Did I tell this person something here? Because you know what you told them because you're telling the truth all the time. And, uh, and so you, you, you're incorruptible. You walk safely. But those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. Uh, so a person with integrity is incorruptible. And you're walking on solid ground when you're incorruptible. In Chicago, 1929, there was a 26-year-old government agent named Elliot Ness, who formed an elite team of nine incorruptible agents that their task was to bring down Al Capone's $120 million mob empire. And that's what they dedicated themselves to. At that time, Ness was making $2,800 a year. Aren't you glad you're working now and not then? Of course, milk cost a nickel back then, but you know what I mean? 
So Elliot Ness was making $2,800 a year. One day, a man walked in his office and handed him an envelope with two $1,000 bills in it and said, this will come every week if you'll just lay off Al Capone. Well, Elliot Ness sent that uh, letter back with, with the guy, and uh, he actually held a press conference where he told the media what Al Capone tried to do and, and, uh, and how he, what his response was. And so the media headline was this, Hess and his men are untouchable. They even made movies. They had a series, The Untouchables, for a while. Then they made a movie about it, The Untouchable, because they had integrity. He was uncorruptible. He was untouchable. We need more men who are untouchable in our culture today. Reminds me of a golfer named Ray Floyd. He didn't play golf the way I do. He was good. Uh, but he was, he was a leader in a tournament. He's playing for a $108,000 prize. Now, back when he was playing, that was a lot of money, you know. And, uh, and so on one hole, he's preparing uh, to make a routine putt, and he inadvertently, it's just a tap in, he inadvertently touched the ball and it moved. Now, he didn't do like some of us do, like, man, did you see that? Or, you know, do this like there's a bee, you know, somewhere. Or I'll take my mulligan now, you know, or whatever. He, he uh, took a penalty stroke. He called a penalty stroke on his own and took a bogey on that hole and lost the lead at that point in that tournament. You see, he, he was a man of integrity. He didn't try and figure out a way to cheat or to get around it. And I believe as Christians, our morals have got to be untouchable by this corrupt culture. Our culture will try and get you uh, to compromise on your biblical beliefs every single day. And we've got to be untouchable and uncorruptible as we live in this world. So write this down. Our, when our morals are untouchable, Jesus is lifted up for the world to see. See, when we're walking integrity... When we're walking where our morals don't fluctuate. When we're walking in a way where people know where you stand on the issues, uh, moral issues of the day, because you've got a biblical uh, value system, Jesus is lifted up for everybody to see. And folks, we need Jesus to be lifted up right now. We need to be lifted up in our lives, in our words, uh, so that everyone can see. Second thing, integrity means completeness. Or maturity, I guess probably could have put maturity there. Proverbs 2.7 said he grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. You know, this is just a bonus here, but how many of you know we need some more common sense in this, in this culture? It's like, ladies and gentlemen, common sense has left the building. I mean, you know, it's gone in this country. I mean, look at the TV and the news and all that. Uh, it's just amazing. But he is a shield to those who walk with integrity. Imagine that shield, you know, that's that's shielding you from a lot of stuff. It's like it protects us, and you want, you want that surface of that shield to have integrity. And so write this down. Integrity refers to soundness or completeness. As a Christian, I think completeness even has another sense. Uh, is it, you know, he said he is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He's a shield to those who walk in completeness. And, and so how do, how do we walk in completeness? Well, look at this scripture, Colossians 2.10. Paul wrote this, so you are also complete through what? Through your union with Christ. When you receive Jesus, when you're walking in union with Jesus, you are complete. You're mature, he's saying. Not perfect, but you're mature. You're complete. So we want to walk in that completeness. God is a shield. He's an impenetrable shield. 
that uh, we walk with. I mean, how many of y'all remember Star Trek? Anybody? I mean, I'm an original, you know, Captain Kirk. You know, and the, and, the, and the shields never worked, right? I mean, every time the Klingons would come along, you know, and uh, Scotty would be talking. But, you know, when they would come up, they'd pull those defense shields up. And uh, the shields would be up. And, and, and so the, the missiles, the, the phasers couldn't get to them because of those shields. And, uh, and, and so that's really what God is for us. He's our shield that protects us from those attacks. And listen, in Christ, our shield doesn't fail like it did on the USS Enterprise all the time. It's, it's, uh, our shield is sound and complete. So in Christ, our hull, our shield, is sound or complete. Write that down. And let me tell you, we never have to fear that it's going to be compromised because our Heavenly Father is that defense shield. And as long as we're walking in Christ, he will, He's impenetrable, folks. He's impenetrable. So as Christians, we can walk with integrity. And that integrity comes from following Jesus. Number three, number three. Integrity can be modeled and transmitted. How many of you know they're watching you, dads? They're watching you. Sometimes it's not good. I hit my finger with a hammer one time when my daughter was about three or four, and it wasn't praise Jesus that came out of my mouth. And, and, uh, and, and she, she called me on it. <laughs> it's the last time that word ever came out of my mouth. But, you know, it was... Uh, like I say, Jesus, when he hit his thumb, different words came out than most of ours. But look what Proverbs 27 says. The godly man walks with integrity. Blessed are his children who follow him. Let me tell you, we talked yesterday to the men. that Our kids need to see us reading our Bible. Our kids need to hear us praying for them. Our kids need to know. They need to see the blessings that we get when we're faithful to God. They need to know those things come from the Lord. Uh, integrity can be modeled, it's transmitted, but lack of integrity is as well. There's a pastor named Jerry Steen, tell, talks about the first church that he ministered at, and, and he, he, uh, it, was a, it was like a lot of churches in America is where he had to be bivocational, and so he would mix feed uh, and, and, and uh, supplement his income, and he would come home night after night, you know, he'd come home, he'd be dusty, uh, you know, from mixing all that feed together, and, and it's his children would say, Daddy, you sure are dusty. You sure are dusty. And uh, he'd look at them and say, yes, I am. And he'd go get cleaned up. And then uh, he said he didn't think too much of it until one day he was washing his car. And he saw his son out, his oldest one, the three-year-old, picking up rocks and gravel in the driveway and doing this. He said, son, what are you doing? He said, Daddy, I want to be dusty like you are. Let me tell you, they're watching. He said this, it was then that I realized that if a child would look up to his father for being dusty and want to copy his father, a child would look up to his father and follow him for anything. So guys, we need to be given that godly example, whether it's our grandkids. Let me tell you, it's never too late. We're a godly example to our adult children now. And, uh, and we need to continue to be that. My mother used to say she couldn't tell if it was me or dad walking into the house because we walked the same way. And that came from me spending time with my dad, following him around. Probably times when he didn't want me following him around the yard. Because, you know, how many of you know we can always do it faster ourselves, you know? But uh, we got to be teaching those, those kids to do that. And, and so, you know, we're, we're, they're watching us, guys. They're watching. So the question is, what are you passing on to your children? 
What are we passing on to our children, our grandchildren? There's an actor named Charles Coburn who uh, said when he was a teenager, many, many years ago, his, his dad used to tell him, son, don't go to the burlesque shows. Don't go to the burlesque shows. You're going to see stuff there you shouldn't see. And he said, you know, like a lot of teens, later on I went, and I did see something I shouldn't see. He said, I saw my daddy. That's not the model we want to lead. It's not the model we need. We, we got to be good examples and model integrity. We've got to model integrity. Somebody's calling me in church. A guy named Gail Irwin tells us, tells about his father in a book he wrote called The Jesus Style. This is what he wrote. He said, when I was six years old, my father was severely injured in an airplane accident and was left partially paralyzed and brain damaged. My mother then became the breadwinner of our house. Since my mother was often not there, she attempted to make a living, and my dad was not there physically or mentally sometimes, the stage was set for family failure, but our family did not fail. Through difficult times, both our parents stayed faithful to God and to us. Prayer, belief, steadfastness, and love surrounded us. Money and fine homes didn't. But when my father died, my two brothers and I stood in front of his casket and made the following statement to friends who had gathered for the funeral service. Our father did not leave us a financial empire for us to carry on. Many things that a dad normally does with his sons, ours was unable to do. He was able to teach us many things that a dad normally wasn't able to teach us many things that a dad normally teaches, but he did leave us something that he had. He left us with a love for God, a love for the Bible, a love for people, and an understanding of worship and the inability to hate. We feel like he's left us the only thing of those things that will last. So we stand here before you as his sons and declare publicly that we will follow his God. Guys, there's nothing better our children can say than that about us. I don't know about you. That's what I want them to say. My grandkids and all, you know, we, we want to model integrity. We don't want to be James Coburn's kids, all right? So Charles Swindoll wrote this in a book he wrote. The world needs more men and women. I don't want to leave you all out, but it is Father's Day. You cannot be bought. You cannot be bought. We don't, need to be, we don't need to give our family away for $10 million or for $10 trillion. We can't be bought. Whose word is their bond? Man, how many of you remember the day when you asked somebody to do something, they said, I'll be there, and they were there. Your word is your bond. We're only as good as our bond. Who, who put character above wealth? That's what God looks at. Who possess opinions and a will. We don't just go along with the crowd who are larger than their vocations. One time I took a friend of mine to introduce him to one of our board members who is a physician. And he said, man, I didn't know you were a doctor. And the guy said, you know what? He said, I'm not. I'm a child of God just like you are. Doctor is just what I do. We're bigger than our vocation. We need men who don't hesitate to take chances. Men who won't lose their individuality in a crowd. We don't need to just blend in. We'll be honest in small things as in great things. You see, we won't get a chance to be honest in the great things if we're not honest in the small things, but that's a different sermon. Who'll make no compromise with wrong, whose ambitions are not confined to their own selfish desires, 
who will not satisfy, who will not say they do it because everybody else does it. Who are true to their friends through good report and evil report in adversity as well as prosperity. They're true to their friends. Friends make a mistake, you still love them. They're still your friend. You help them. We don't believe, who don't believe that shrewdness, cunning, and hard-headedness are the best qualities for winning success. Who are not ashamed or afraid to stand for the truth even when it's unpopular. Folks, right now, you stand for the truth, you stand for God, you stand for, you talk about God in public, you stand for Jesus, and let me tell you, it's not popular right now. It's not popular. There was a bishop, Catholic bishop, just came out and made some statements about biblical values and, and that the pride, urging his church not to uh, support any of the pride things going on this week, and he's getting bombarded on Facebook. Why? Because he said something that's not popular, but he said something that's biblically true. You're not going to be popular when you stand for the truth. And then finally, Swindoll said this, we need men who can say no with emphasis, although the rest of the world is saying yes. Guys, that's hard. That takes integrity, and we need to be men that do that. We need to be women that do that. And let me tell you, I believe also the world needs men and women with integrity. And integrity starts with and is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so it's, it's Father's Day, and this is the kind of guys we want to be. But let me tell you something. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that's where it starts. You can't be these things without a relationship with Jesus. So just bow your heads for a minute. I want to give you an opportunity if you're here.